0: Is the best of two pros in a cup of Joe with LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, and Jonas Knox on Fox Sports Radio.
2: It is already week four in the NFL. How about that? I, I have two
3: shout outs before we go into the National Football League. Yeah, let's do it. Let's
4: do it, baby. First, let's
3: do it. first shout outs to our men and women of service out here, you know, especially the non-daylight hours. You know, I know there's like a lot of unrest or disconnect and all that stuff, but man, I see so many emergency vehicles and different things like that. And you know what? You don't sometimes appreciate what you have until you don't have it. Yep. Somebody is at the end of those those lights. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like somebody's being serviced. So shouts out to our first responders. They're probably listening to us because outside of listening to, to the the dispatch or the radio, everything that's going on, um, you know They're probably trying to listen to something that kind of gives them a little bit of an out, outlet, so you're probably listening to sports radio, so hopefully you're listening to us. And then that dovetails into my second one. We had a big call with our our program directors around the country yesterday and had an opportunity to give them uh, a little bit of us personality-wise. So, shots out to all of our PDs out there, and we appreciate the support and you want to put us in on your uh, your local networks and your local channels to to be on and be aired in your your area. Thank you, we oh, we yeah. really appreciate the support and thank you for jumping on the call yesterday to to get a a feel for who we are. But yeah, I wanted to send those two shots yeah. out, you know, because th- those are important to to what we do. I Agreed. mean, if if I were to fall That's... asleep on the on the on the, you know highway or something like that, I want to know that somebody's going to to actually. Come help me,
2: yeah, uh, Brady. Anybody you want to suck up to, or do we want to wait till? Oh, that? I was no. just <laughs> going to say man, that Come was a on. very professional way of starting
4: uh, this morning show. Come that on, that was interesting. Is that uh, profe- no. is that professional? Is that sucking up? I mean, well, I mean, well, a the kind way. Okay. Of okay, saying it right. Okay, hey man, the, 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 the
2: people that are working on the freeways and the highways, like how many times like, when we're walking just in, out here locally in LA? When we're watching local <laughs> news, and, and we watch the local news for just so we yeah, know what's do. going on out you there. You guys, you guys watch uh, a lot more. Than I do. do. you, you know, know
5: what?
3: what? I don't, how? I don't touch a remote control. So whatever yeah. ends up <laughs> yeah. on there, I just, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm at the mercy <laughs> of Berto. Hey, trust me, that's I wouldn't either. Okay. Yeah. You never know
4: where those things. Yeah. Are. <laughs> I'm not going <laughs> to touch it. Yeah, not around
3: here. Point. No way. But uh, but
2: how many times do you you're watching local news and you see like a massive accident or something like that? And there's people that have got that are out there trying to either save. Lives, or or clear the road, or do all that. And that that job is a grind. Man. It's a and grind. That is dangerous. So yeah, yeah I hear it's a you. Grind.
3: I mean, you know, and something must have happened this morning because there were a whole lot of uh cones on on the freeway. Yeah, a lot of cones yeah. that that were out of, of place. Cones. They were out man, of place. I, yeah.
4: If I could start a company, it'd be a cone company. You know, you know what? Just put those things up every barricades and cones. Yeah, man. the problem. Is I wish so I was durable. into
3: to the toilet paper. Business. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, man. Toilet paper. It's a good business. Yeah. Yeah. My guy my guy, one of my guys, does like he supplies toilet paper to like buildings and stuff like that. And then I was laughing for like two minutes until he disclosed what the contract consisted of and then I was I kinda um choked. And I wanted to hate on him. I wanted to hate on him. Like you're you're like an undercover super super mega millionaire off of people being able to wipe themselves.
4: I mean, well, yeah. I mean, everyone poops, right? Yeah. I mean, come on, that's, that's that's the business we need that's to get into. Brady, point, you, y-
3: you were supposed to be my brother, bro. Yeah. You, we were supposed to grow up in the same exact house. <laughs> I, I, I mean, what you, some of the things I hear you say, bro, it's like, wh- wh- how did we not grow up together? Yeah. You know, we would have been a pretty dope one-two punch, too, man.
4: Yeah, we, we gotta figure dope, out. We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll fi- we'll just figure out a way of moving in together. It'll yeah. happen. It'll happen. That's holy a good idea. Smokes. The the Jonas can stay in the guest house. Thank the, you. The oh conversations that
3: that me and Brady are gonna have are going to be pretty interesting. Yeah. We we speak the same <laughs> language. Some stuff I just don't say on air. Like, I wouldn't have just said what you just said. <laughs> I, I hear you. <laughs> but I'm all in on it. Like, yeah. And then the way you said it, it's so Midwest. It's like, I, I, I
2: loved it. Well, you know what it is. <laughs> I was all in Brady, on it. Brady's got all this pent up, uh, you know, language and stuff that he wants to use that he can't use on television. So he waits till he gets on radio and just says, let it fly, baby. Hey, and man. I'm into it. That's, I mean, literally, I let it fly. Yeah.
3: Got I'm to. all in, man. Yeah. I all agree. Right. So we got all that out of yeah, the way. Listen, now, uh, now, Now, NFL. NFL football. Yes, at
2: NFL. This is amazing. Uh, a- and there's the how long do you think toilet paper has been around? Because I don't know if it's been around as long as the Deshaun Watson rumor and whether or not he's going to get traded. Because oh. uh, because that one continues <laughs> oh. uh, to had you like that one little, uh, little a, endless there. roll of toilet <laughs> yeah, paper. That's the way it works here. <laughs> okay. you know, uh, doctors would pay me for these transitions. Okay. But here's here's the thing. Um, the Deshaun Watson rumor uh, and we talked about it a little bit yesterday Jay Glazer had hinted at the fact that you know uh, uh, maybe the Texans are softening on uh, on what they want in return for Deshaun Watson maybe this is something that the Texans are looking at now and saying all right well maybe we need to make a make a move on something and then yesterday Glazer followed it up with a tweet with a tweet that said keep an eye on this thing that something could be happening you know just just keep an eye Which on the means situation something's going to happen yes, something's going to happen you did the draft with Jay everything he said bro he doesn't come straight out and say it often but he will tiptoe around the subject and then when it happens he'll say this is what i've been hearing
3: and and i believe can i give you the translation yes it's what he's been told okay and when it's this is what i'm hearing it's what he's been told he's generally not wrong i mean He's generally not wrong.
2: And I think the reason why he's so accurate is because he doesn't run with everything. The fact that he's even going public with this Brady, I think this tells me that we could be on the verge of Deshaun Watson getting dealt.
4: Okay, so the next question then becomes Uh, if he is getting dealt, where's he being dealt? Because like we could have thrown out a few teams to begin before the season started. And I think we all been like, Yeah, I could see that, or I could see that, right? Like Carolina. Carolina was a team that before the season got started, you would have said, "Well, Deshaun Watson's an upgrade over Sam Darnold," and, and you could you could still make that case. And their owner David Tepper, we know he's aggressive. Like he went after Matt Rule; he's paying him a boatload of money. They've been aggressive with how they've gone about the draft and bringing in other pieces. But they're three and zero. Yeah, Darnold's playing pretty good right now. Like I don't know that that's a team that's looking at their quarterback spot going. Ah, I'd be an upgrade, but. Is it going to be better than the guy we got right now? He's, 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 ball, he's kind of balling, and you know, we, we've got a lot of little pieces there. Do we want to bring that into this organization? That's a lot of baggage there. So I don't know that Carolina maybe feels the same way they did before week one, but there are two teams that I'm going to throw out there, okay? Well, actually, I'll throw out three. Obviously, Miami's in the mix. I think we'd all agree on that, yes, right? Yes, 100%. Okay. Philly, though. Mm. Philly might be a team that we look at and go, after week one, we would have said, yeah, no way. They blow him out Atlanta, 32-6. to six. Jalen Hurts, balls, three touchdowns, no picks, right? But after the last two weeks now and two losses, and you know how Howie Roseman rolls there. He's aggressive, too. He'll make a move like that. They've got the draft capital. They've got the cap space. Philly's an interesting one to keep an eye on. And then I would go a step further and say, what about the New York Giants? Like, big big market. I don't know if they can absorb all that baggage that he's bringing. But 0-3 football team, <clears throat> much more, I think, more athletic, a better quarterback than what we've seen from Daniel Jones. Because the way this is going right now, either the Giants are going to be looking for their next quarterback in next year's draft yep. or the offseason. So why not try to, to get a guy like Watson, roll the dice there?
2: And – the Giants make some sense because you need a little desperation, right? Because you're going to take a PR hit because if, if even if half of the rumors are true or half of these reports are true, I, I mean he comes off looking pretty bad in this whole situation. So,
3: it's it, it, well, it, but that has to be the third question, you know what I mean? Like, or, or third, third conversational point to all of this. It's like, okay, is it going to happen? If it happens, where is it going to to happen? I, I like that. But you gotta ask the question, what happens once that trade takes place? What is what is Deshaun Watson's availability going to be moving forward? That has to be that that has to turn into the biggest question because of how much you're going to have to to give up to get him. That's gotta be the biggest next question on the list.
2: And then the answer to that I think would be. It's going to be a team. If, if that's the case and there's a team that's not going to make a move because they feel like, well, there's a chance maybe he's not going to be able to play this year, then it's got to be somebody who's got enough wiggle room within the organization or that, that's at least at least going to be there, you would think, for a foreseeable future. So the Giants maybe don't that make sense. That might be
3: you creating a foreseeable for a future. Like, think about it. When we said who's on the hot seat for coaches yesterday, Joe who did I say? Joe, Joe Judge. Judge, all right? When we talked about Joe Judge being on the hot seat, what's the first name you gave, Brady? Gettleman. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, we're talking about two guys that potentially are on their way out. So, if I'm if I'm the Giants, I say, "Hell, Daniel Jones, Gettleman, you did this. Daniel Jones, we're going to ride it out with him." But basically what we're saying is is we got we got Saquon Barkley Saquon's still pulling through from and getting back from what his injury would be. You got to fix up your offensive line. We have some things that we've done well, but we haven't done well enough, and we need still need pieces. We get through this season. We, you're basically saying we're punting on this season if you get this trade done, but you've essentially given yourself more runway to land this plane or, or take off, so to speak. If you get a if you get a trade like Deshaun Watson, because that says, Daniel, you can play the rest of this season, but you better be motivated to play because you're out of here.
2: <laughs> right.
3: <laughs> you're out of here. <laughs> so get your your value up as much as you possibly can the rest of the way. Don't don't be out here pouting. Don't don't be acting funny and strange. You throw that got darn ball and you get this thing off the ground the way that you need to so that we can send you out of here uh,
4: on on the right on the right note. Let me ask you this, though. Do you worry about the value once you're kind of already done with it, right? Like, I feel like we've all had a car that we maybe really liked when we got it. And then three years after the, that time or point in time, right, we were like, all right, I'm ready for something else. And, and, and I really don't. It's a depreciating asset. We know that. Yep. I don't really care what it ends up being worth now. I obviously, I want to get as good of a deal as I can, but I'm looking more forward to the next thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I kind of feel like in this case, you know, it'll be interesting to see the Giants from, from what they would be willing to give up and how they'd want to maneuver this. But I, I kind of threw it out there. I, I just – I feel like from, from knowing that, you know, the Mara family, and you obviously had been there, Lamar, yeah. so you could speak to this. That is a very proud, uh, traditional, I would say rigid organization. Is that, is that a fair way to put, like, I don't think they want to bring in – someone that has this sort of baggage that that's that's i, I think, think they the would be thing, ready right?
3: i think they would be prepared for it i th- i think did. that the mayor and tish family are they are fine people very very classy fine people. yes classy and and i think that if they were to take a chance it would be based off of grace the value of uh being able to redeem yourself but make no mistake about it if it came out that he was like they're able to prosecute this and this is heading towards not looking good for what he's got going on, they will distance themselves from it. And they will can, position themselves where it's like well, we're going to give them an opportunity can, until we know more about what's
4: going on. Can, can I tell you what I would do if I, was, if I was one of these teams we named? you know, Philly, Miami, New York Giants. If I was Philly, I would offer my first four picks in next year's draft. All right, they got two first-round picks, two second-round picks. And I, would say, and I would put contingencies in there on two of them. I would say the second first-round pick that's from the Dolphins, if he can't play next year in 2022, all right, that one's coming back to me, all right? And, I, and the second second-round pick they got from the Colts trade with Carson Wentz that could become a first-round pick, okay, that one, too, I'm saying same thing. He can't play in 2022 due to legal issues or beyond. That one comes back to me, too. And I basically just say, here's your best offer. Show me someone who's going to offer you better than that before the trade deadline. Otherwise, I'm rolling with Jalen Hurts. But that's the offer if I'm Howie Roseman that I make, which could turn out to be two ones and two twos, which is significant because they said they wanted three, three ones, and I don't think they're going to get it with this baggage. But Philly literally in one year's time could supply something to – the Houston Texans that they could have not a, an immediate rebuild, but you're talking about if everything worked out the way they thought, the ability to be able to have all those draft picks, which would be significant, which would be significant.
0: Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
2: So let me. Uh, That's the real one. Lavar and, yeah. and I. noticed something. He's a real one. On, yeah, yeah. Uh, on one of the uh, t- uh, TVs in the studio here, they showed oh, Len- Lenny Kravitz, and he is jacked. Yeah, he's I really? Mean, yeah, he. Oh, is he's ripped jacked. up, bro. Uh, he's got like, like an eight pack. I like, stunned. He's and, like eighty uh, years old. Yeah, and it just it made me think of. Uh, Not really. I'm joking. They, he's like he, sixty.
4: You know what's disappointing though is. What's that? Like I've, I've the more I talk to people, especially as I've gotten older, and and guys, and maybe Levar, you you can, you've got some guys who are like this, but they'll look like all good and in shape and stuff, and I'll be like, oh man, like what are you doing for your workout? They're like, oh yeah, I'm on a little HGH. No, 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 they're like, I'm on a little HGH, and I'm like. Oh, okay. So that's that's what's what we're the, doing What's here. the problem? No, they're not testing. I, I don't have a problem with it. I'm just saying, like, I was like, oh, I kind of felt like that. I was like, man, they're just in great shape, eating well. There's a, there's like a secret. Yeah, the secret's HGH. Like yeah. That's that's essentially yeah, what it is. I got no
3: yeah. problem. I'm going to go on the gas eventually juices, again. Why juices not? and berries and HGH. Yeah, couldn't care less.
4: See, you balance my my problem out. is I've got, like, that Barry Bonds problem where if I started taking stuff like that, Your I've already grows. got a big head. Yeah. Can you, I'd be, like, a big head mode, like, yeah. back in yeah. <laughs> What, Nintendo 64, or whatever they used to play with back then? <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. yeah,
2: but here's the thing. I, I feel like uh, medicine is advanced. And, you know, the fact that that was one of the dead giveaways, I don't feel like these companies want to out themselves. So if you're going to use yeah. the gas, I think they're going to see to it that your head doesn't
4: explode. So I don't need a wheelbarrow for my head no. if I was to take HGH and no, so. walk around with it? No, right? I don't think so. I'd have to well, have you, like, so push around my head and the rest of my body would follow?
2: Yeah, I just, but it is it is interesting. I, I thought, you know, uh, when we saw Lenny Kravitz, I know uh, Brady's favorite uh, Lenny Kravitz What's the story, Brady? There's, uh, there's Wait, what? Well, he had a little bit of a mishap on stage once. What I think, are you talking uh, yeah, about? Yeah, there's was, there was a little bit of a mishap on stage. I know oh, Brady, uh, Brady was a, a, a Well, I just... <laughs> You know, Lenny was on stage, he was performing, I like, think there's video of it, and um, he was wearing some leather pants. And, um, and they split? Yeah, they split in the crotch. How'd you feel about that? I don't, I mean, it looked <laughs>
3: like...
4: What? I mean, it looked like... How uh, was I Eddie part Brady, of this? Brady just, how did
3: you feel about that when those pants split?
4: I, I, mean, I am completely unaware of br- anything Jersey br- talking. about. Brady, Brady, were you front row like, yeah! No, no. Brady, Brady, me, listen, listen, <laughs> Brady, Brady told me... I've never been to a Lenny Kravitz concert. That is a
2: gnarly fit that just ripped... Brady told me...
3: Brady told me...
2: Brady told me, after watching the video, he said, it looked like a duffel bag full of sumo wrestlers. And I said, well, I don't know what you're meaning
4: by that. I don't know what you're getting have, at here. I have I just, never seen someone, all right, <laughs> who's not a doctor that's more obsessed with mean? people's groins. Hold on a second. Right. Chris Jones Jonas, jo- <laughs> Chris Jones at the Combine,
2: when he fell down at the Combine, I didn't even know about the story. Brady's like, you got to see this stuff, man. And it looked
4: like uh, people skydiving. First off, first off, Rich Eisen and Mike Mayo, were the first to notice and see that what is to be not only one of the more epic forty yard dashes, <laughs> yes, all right, Very but his reaction, <laughs> his reaction to it. All right. Uh, uh, <laughs> By the way, uh, for for all the times we've had big men run forty yard dashes, all right, we've never seen Snuffleupagus all right come out
2: <laughs> to say hello that until point. that forty yard
4: dash. Yeah, and,
2: and, and here's the other thing: you can tell that uh, turf. has Advanced because if that was like the old AstroTurf, we've been having a different Ooh, discussion today. That, oh, that yeah. would have been rough if yeah. it was the old AstroTurf. Ooh, uh, like guess, a second degree burn. Yeah, it's just terrible because uh, the old AstroTurf used to mess you up, oh, right? Oh, bro. It
3: was oh, concrete yeah. under there. There was no there was no padding. There was no cushioning. It was concrete. So when was, you slid on it, uh, there was no give. It wasn't like real grass. Like, you know, this, this turf has like grass tips now and has the flubber or the rubber stuff uh on it. it bro it's way different astroturf grabbed you and your skin stayed with the turf <laughs> while your body kept going in a different direction yeah, the astroturf
2: won every so, time and i've every heard people time. say that well you were soft if you wore those like what they like stickers no, on your elbows no, i would have worn them. that was the
3: thing you had you had to learn how to fall and slide on those those like uh those strips that you put on your arms that wasn't that was definitely not for fashion bro cuz here's the thing right what people don't fail to understand is is you wanted to try to limit any type of like wounds like that because cats were getting staff infections and stuff. And then, like at one point, were you in the league at the point in time where like the what was it SARS or whatever started hitting and stuff like that? So you mean MRSA? MRSA? Yeah. MRSA? Yeah. MRSA? Hey, not yeah. SARS. Hey, buddy, I was at ground uh, zero. <laughs> yeah, okay, Lamar. Uh, uh, I was hey. in Cleveland.
4: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> whatever it is. We, they all we lost a lot me. of good men. They, they we lost scare a lot me. of good men. Yeah. <laughs> hey,
3: look here. Hey. You did not want to have those type of open wounds. Being in a locker
2: room setting every day. Yeah, we want to be clear here. LeVar's not accusing uh, Sars of beginning uh, in the NFL from back in the day. I'm <laughs> I'm even, I don't I even I just uh, want to be clear. No, uh, I'm, I'm not, not even sure on, what hold it hold is. I, you know, I know. It's yeah, some, happened, One of those words. What happened in Cle- Cleveland was
3: <laughs>
4: yeah. bad, right? Who got it? Oh. Vicious Bentley. Jurvisious LaCharles Bentley. I, I believe Gary Baxter might have gotten it at one point. Braylon Edwards. We had so many guys. I, I think maybe Kellen had gotten it at one point. We had so many guys get it. And I believe Cleveland Clinic opened up a separate facility. We remodeled our entire facility. We were all, and then for anyone who's had a surgery, they might be familiar with this. There's a soap called Hibiclens, okay? Mm -hmm. Hibiclens. It was that that white bottle with the blue cap. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I mean, it, it it comes a little bit in different colors, but you'll know it because I think it comes out in like a red. It looks red, and when you wash yourself, like it, it's as cleansing as it gets. Now, it's not great for your skin. That'll dry your <laughs> ass out. But it's it says that we had that in the showers, bro. Like I remember when I got to the Rams, they had Jack Black in there, which is like a great like men's line, very uh, uppity, uh, very uh, uppity uh, stuff. Uh, I, I was sitting there thinking to myself, bro. We used to use Hibiclens in Cleveland, <laughs> Hibiclens! Like, like we were going to surgery. Like every single time you get the, you get the shower, we were bathing with Hibiclens. Oh, <laughs> These dudes man. are using Jack Black like this nice actual soap where you smell good. Oh, guys man. were guys were so ashy and peeling so bad, oh, like you man. you needed like a uh, some sort of generic brand gallon of of like cocoa butter just <laughs> to be able to rub it on everyone's body because you were so. Dry right out from it God, that's
2: bad man that's correct because you vicious got it r- I yeah. mean, he was did that end his it, career and it, 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 ended ended his career. His career. it
3: messed up well not 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 MRSA but uh staff was one of the big ones as well and that almost took Greg Lloyd up out of here his yeah. leg
2: was jacked up bad yeah. off of getting staff infection. And Kevin Randleman, as uh, he's uh, passed away now, but he's a former UFC so, fighter or MMA yeah. fighter. You should look, it was look big up big in wrestling. Look up Kevin Randleman. And literally, there's a hole on his torso that yeah. opened up. You could see all the way down to the muscle near the bone from staff that he got. Crazy, so, man.
4: so staff and MRSA are, are one and the same. I think the difference is MRSA is like a type of strain. All right that that's a part of what is staff mm-hmm. right so it, it's more resistant to it so God. that's my understanding dude I remember that they came in had doctors I swear to you they came in and had doctors that sat down with us and spoke to us and they're like hey just so you know like you have staff on you every day in your nostrils and your hair like it's already on you that bacteria your body's already fighting naturally every day you know so you don't need to be alarmed like everyone deals with this it's just you know for whatever reason like the, you know We've had a number of players get it, but they tried to, like, talk people. Uh, like, I mean, I'm not going to get into what's happening today, but, like, they literally had doctors talk to us about why the facility is safe, why we don't need to be concerned. Right. It was the craziest thing. Like, and I was still young in the league, so I'm like, oh, yeah, like, everyone's probably dealing with this. Like, like everyone probably has these talks from doctors about MRSA. I like, stopped doing
3: oh. everything. My, my <laughs> steam room time. Uh, well, the, certain pl- yeah, certain players blamed it on the hot tub. The hot tub. I stopped doing. And 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 back in the day, I won't go into too many graphic details. But the hot tub was an interesting thing because it, you went in differently than normal going into a hot tub. But that's a Wait, whole. What nother, does that mean? That's a whole. No, I, I don't know. It might have just been unique to the Washington <laughs> football team. Is it? That, was it the like?
2: Was it like Major League where they used a <laughs> the bone, is ed- that? bone <laughs> engine? It, it, it was a it was a sword
3: suit going on oh, in there. Is all wow. I'll say. Anyway, well, we, we didn't have the grays No one was wearing the graze? was with, Bro, dudes was going in like that a, joint a, in the a, natural. A, a, under, oh, under, no. In the natural. I ain't no, know I ain't know too much about it. I, you know, I wasn't into that. Underwater you know? turnstile, huh? I, I wasn't into snorkeling in in the hot tub <laughs> I uh, when I went in there. I, that just wasn't my thing,
2: but <laughs> the, the reality of it <laughs> hey, is... Brady, is Brady, did you know turnstiles were underwater? How
5: about
4: that? <laughs> <laughs> hey, LeVar, hold on. <laughs> is that <laughs> a noodle or is that... Mean, it's, <laughs> We had a player, what is going we, on here? We had a player who used to go in <laughs> in his graze, and then w- he would he would take them off, and then when he he'd like bump a, a rookie on his way <laughs> out getting out, and then, and then he'd walk out naked, and guys would be like, "Wait, what? Oh, what the heck? What happened there?" Like everyone would freak that, out about it, but he look, always used to get man, rookies. And like that. That, we that, we that had
2: that Phil had, Dawson was crazy, man. We had one
3: we had one teammate. <laughs> That would be he. He will walk up behind unsuspecting teammates and start talking to like somebody across the the locker room, but he'd be strategically positioned where he was right where your shoulder was. <laughs> And he'd start saying something, and he'd say something really like wild or crazy, and then everybody would turn and look oh, at him. Jesus. And the dude he was standing right next to would <laughs> <That> turn and <laughs> look. It's just yeah, – it, yeah, That's so. dirty pool. But literally. anyway, yeah. the point is, is I stopped taking showers. I stopped. I, I stopped when all of that that happened for for safety purposes. I, mean, I was scared to death. So back to the original point. Watch this. This is why we do radio, people. Back to the original point of. AstroTurf and how it, it, it tore your body up, it was super important to protect yourself going out there. So you either got those leather. You remember the bus wore those leather sleeves? Yes. Like those things were heavy duty, bro. Like you had to put like powder on your arms because I had, I wore them at one point in time. You had to put powder on your arms, fold it inside out, put the, put the front part of it on your arm and then roll it up your arm and you basically had like leather, uh, uh, rubbery leather skin on your arms. Well,
2: see, and, oh. and it makes sense for you because you played Dallas AstroTurf. Yes. The Meadowlands was AstroTurf, yes. and the Vet was AstroTurf, and oh, Philly's man, turf athlete. was
4: bro. Would you practice on it too? Didn't you guys have AstroTurf? Well, we had
3: three grass fields, but we did okay. have. But our practice, we had, we did have one bad weather field, and it was AstroTurf. Yes. Yeah, I remember yeah.
4: that. Dude, yeah. I think Jesus. when I was coming out in the draft, it was like that. Yeah. And this is For 2007, the longest time, dude. For the longest time, they had Ashley. I just curve. love
2: doctors telling the Browns, hey, don't worry about it. Everything's going to be fine. Meanwhile, oh gosh, Joe Giravitius has got a roast beef sandwich opening up on Penn his back. Penn Stater, by the way. Yeah. So yeah. My
3: teammate We're at Penn State. Super Bowl actually. champion, wasn't he? When, when yeah. Matt yeah. Rule was there. Yeah, with he Bucks. was at Tampa Bay. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Are we on Matt Rule was a special uh, teams guy, man. He wasn't He wasn't a guy. Wow. It's interesting, though, because he's, he's a great coach. We'll get he's him sharp, man. He was not a guy, though. He was not a guy. He was getting blown up. He played specialty. He was tough, though. But he was a linebacker, like like one of them little, like, non-athletic linebackers. Hey, man,
4: this. you got to get in where you fit in. I, yeah. I, I, I've had, I, we I, I played with a couple of guys who are like that, but they made that role for themselves mm-hmm. to be a core special teamers. And I always would be like, just watching them thinking, God, that's, that, that's got to be a tough way to go about it. But
3: he wasn't even fast enough to be in the mix of it, Brady. <laughs> right, <laughs> like, but he's like, got to like, be the wedge buster. He was the one <laughs> that'd be running trouble. out like,
2: gung! <laughs> but
3: but the, all, the, all the stuff didn't already, like, by the time he, like, come on, let's Go! And then he starts patting everybody on their shoulders and on their helmets and stuff. Everybody then already took the hits. You know what I mean? Yeah, he, good for him. he was getting up off of the POW. Uh, he was that like
4: R three. he wasn't R four, R five. He that's, was like the R three. He was yeah. not
3: in the center. Yeah. Yeah. He was he was like like right there in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> right there but but where the one and the five. Yeah. I feel, I feel like we covered a lot just yeah. now. If like, you were like paying attention, game. you just took a walk down memory lane yeah. in the National <laughs> Football League. That works.
0: Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific.
1: Hey, I'm Doug Gottlieb. The podcast is called All Ball.
2: uh, you need a cup of Joe. Why, why are you freezing your balls
3: off know, here in the man. studio? Jesus, we got this uh, European uh, climate up
4: in here right <laughs> now, man. It's like, <laughs> like, it's ooh, it's like cold we're in man. Iceland we or something. About, that's that's not, not like, Mediterranean, is it? Yeah, like oh, everyone wants bro. that Mediterranean climate. Jesus well, what please.
2: do we got? You played in the NFC East all
3: those years. Like this is cold. Hey, man, I don't even go back on the East Coast too often. <laughs> Just I was making fun of somebody I was Facetiming yesterday. And and it was like <laughs> I'll never come back to Pittsburgh. Like I'll never <laughs> come back to Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> never. Know? Never. Wow, interesting. I told my brother, he's like, Yeah, I'm I'm thinking about moving to the outer banks. I said, That ain't far enough. No, listen. <laughs> that, <laughs> like, that
2: ain't, far that ain't enough. even far enough, bro. Like, yeah. Well, it's not even far enough. You know who's on the east coast? The great Albert Breer. He's cold. Uh, he is. Uh, he's he is cold. on the East Coast. He is and senior NFL and reporter. He is cold uh, for the MMQB. Uh, kind enough to join us every single week, uh, Albert. We appreciate you uh, braving the elements to join us here uh, to do a sports talk radio show. Hit. Uh, we appreciate you, man. Thanks so much. I, I
5: mean, I, I don't know, guys. I I love this weather. It's like it's a it's a good like fifty five degrees here now. This is the best weather of the year. I don't know what you're, you're talking about, Lamar. You, you know Football I, weather? You
3: know what I've learned. Albert, is that people that live in cold weather areas love saying, oh, I love the seasons. Oh, I love being able to put clothes on. Oh, I like this 55 degree weather. You know why? It's your coping mechanism. You're you're coping because you know what? You're going to be dealing with 55 degree weather and that's your high. I'm going to deal with eh, 70 maybe maybe 75 today and i'm going to sit poolside and and i'm going to decide if i want to sit poolside in the pool or on the side of the pool and it's much different than your weather and, and well i, 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 I want the weather shame
5: you i legitimately i i, I legitimately like fall and spring what yeah, like see, i that's I, coping I, I honestly like like now i don't like like the problem there are things i like about the I like winter spring like spring and I grew fall up, here I like. I grew up. I grew up. I grew up skiing. Right. Like right. so. Like I. Are there are parts of the winter that I don't mind. Um, I don't like digging through snow. I don't like having nope. to like pull the scraper out of my trunk. Nope. And so I don't like what's behind the fall. Yep. But like I mean, I. Brady, you grew up in the Midwest, like yeah. Like, I, you grew up, I'm on your side. Hello, I did too. I'm from Pittsburgh. I know. Well, like, yeah. right. Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's hard to define, though. Is that Midwest? Yeah, I, I it, we
3: say it's Midwest. People say it's, it's Midwest. You're a
5: yinzer. Yeah, yeah. Midwest. We're yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. people we, say it is. You don't like we say don't like like October weather. Like that's like the. I, I feel like that's the best weather in the Midwest, right?
3: I'm gonna tell you what. What really turned me off to East Coast weather when I got out to the West Coast is how cold the rain is. It's, <laughs> the rain turned me off to the east coast. That rain is a different type of rain. I can handle the snow. I can handle the snow coming down, right? But that yeah. rain, that East Coast rain, I don't I oh. don't want it. I don't want it. I don't, no it. Question. Okay. I don't like it.
5: Like there's there's no you're right about that because mm. Cold rain, like 35 degree rain, is way, way, way worse. It's disgusting. Yeah, it is way worse than that. I
3: got got chills in my body, Albert Breer, thinking about that cold rain. And speaking of horrible weather and cold places, uh, there's going to be a game tonight in in (laughs) Cincinnati. (laughs) (laughs) I I made the debate that this is a tremendously big game, and maybe not for Super Bowl implications, but for future references. You got two number one guys going Mm -hmm. at it what who who's you know brady posed the question and i i think i was you know helping lead us there what who who's this game bigger for jacksonville or or cincinnati
5: i i think it's a fun game for the country first of all right like i think for like most of the country don't you, you don't get these teams very often and so i think it's a good chance for everybody to get a good look at two quarterbacks that were obviously super high profile in college and number one overall picks and the rest of it um I mean, I, I like I, I would say like Cincinnati's sort of built themselves some equity and that they're two and one right now, and so they've got some breathing room. And you know, I, I I don't think losing to a winless Jacksonville team would help anything, but I also don't think it's a killer. Whereas going to zero and four, and now you're going into that little mini buy, you know, that you get when you're coming off of a Thursday night game. Um, I think it's a big game for Jacksonville. Like I, I think it would be. I think it would be pretty demoralizing for the Jaguars if they don't just lose, but they go in there and they look bad and the Bengals blow them out of the building. So, um, you know, I think for Cincinnati, it's just sort of another step along the way. And, you know, again, like they've got wins already in the bank over Minnesota and Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. So, like, I I just, I, I feel like the Bengals, if they stub their toe here, it's not the end of the world. Where if Jacksonville comes out and looks bad, that could leave a mark because now you're talking about 0 oh, and four you just went on national tv and didn't look very good and now you're going into that sort of 10-day layoff where everybody's got to assess everything mm.
4: albert i want to transition switch gears talk about the big matchup that everyone's talking about obviously tom brady's return to foxborough uh, i noticed you brought something up on twitter that i think is really interesting in talking about just the the, the parting of ways and how comparing it to Peyton manning for example and everything he went through there towards the end, but how him and Jim Irsay have a press conference, the way they went about doing it, and now we kind of read in Seth Wickersham's book that it was just a phone call from Bill Belichick, like that was it. Uh, Talk to me a little bit about just the parting of ways there in Foxborough between Brady and Belichick.
5: Yeah, you know, I I, I get sort of related to a conversation I had a few years ago with Drew Bledsoe, and you know, Drew. Um, you know, things weren't good for the first ten years after um, you know everything happened in two thousand and one between Drew and Bill. And um, you know, Drew came back to be inducted into the team Hall of Fame, and you know, he told me he was like really nervous about it because you know he thought that there was still a lot of bad blood there. You know, and so they had a stadium practice um, the day before, and he goes out to the stadium practice to be kind of introduced to the fans and everything. And you know, he goes out there and he runs into Bill before the practice and kind of feels awkward and weird. And Bill comes over and gives him a big hug and starts asking about his family and starts asking about his wine company and all of the different stuff. And, you know, Drew's whole point was it's almost like he, like, moved me from his professional life into his personal life, and it was a t- he's a totally different person. I'm telling that story because I think ultimately these guys will be okay. Like, ultimately, down the line, I think Bill and Tom will be okay. But I still think Tom is sort of in that you know, professional category for Bill. And he's so disciplined about separating one from the other. Um, And I, you know, so I I think ultimately 10 years, 20 years down the line, they'll be okay, you know, and that relationship will be mended. But right now, I, I don't think that relationship is anywhere. You know, I don't think it's, it's not only not in a good place, I don't think that relationship really exists at this point. And part of it is just kind of the way things went down at the end in that, um, in 2017, um, there, were, there were fractures in their relationship. And, you know, then you, know, you, you go into 18 and um, you know, they had sort of kind of – I think they, 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 they mended things to the, to the point where they could go win a Super Bowl, which I think speaks to the greatness of both of them. Um, you know, after the 18 season, they put a contract offer in front of Brady, which, you know, I think monetarily was okay, but didn't give Brady the guarantees he wanted. Um, You know, and then things kind of went sideways after that. And I think a huge part of it, Brady, too, is, you know, for so long, you know, Tom had sort of enabled so many different parts of the Patriot program. They could pay certain – they could pay guys a certain way because of Brady. They could treat guys a certain way because of Brady. Um, They could run their program a certain way because of Brady because they could always point to Tom and say, well, he's taking this amount of money. He's taking hard coaching this way. He's, you know, showing up in the offseason and doing X, Y, and Z. So you need to do all those things, too. And I think, you know, over time, that sort of bred a little bit of resentment where, you know, Brady had sort of thought he'd earned his way past that. And so, you know, I think that, you know, in the end, that sort of led to the relationship being sideways the last three or four years they were together. I think the plate gate played into that, too. And again, like ultimately, I think 10 years down the line, those guys are going to be able to fix it. Um, But I think as long as. Brady is in that category, in that professional life category for Bill, it's going to be where it is right now, which is, you know, no real relationship at all.
2: Uh, Albert Breer joining us here on Fox Sports Radio from the MMQB. Uh, senior NFL reporter Jonas Knox, Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington with you here on FSR. So you obviously spent time uh, covering the Patriots. I think you probably know a lot of people who are still there that are covering the team and are close to the team. What is the one rumor... About Belichick and Brady's relationship that you absolutely buy into? Because there's been a lot of stuff that's thrown out there, a lot of stories uh, that have been thrown out there, but what's the one that you absolutely buy into that you know unequivocally to be a fact as far as you're concerned?
5: Um, I, I think the one thing that I think is very real is there was lingering resentment over Bill's handling of Deflategate. And I think if you want to look to kind of the first fracture in the relationship, and I think like it was always sort of a professional relationship to begin with, and there was always like a healthy competitive tension between the two. Um, you know, I do think like, you know, maybe the first crack was when they drafted Garoppolo in 2014 and it wasn't so much just drafting jimmy it was what bill said publicly after where he said we all know you know tom's contract situation and his age and i think you know if you're tom you look at that and say well wait a second my contract situation is the way it is because you want it that way and i've said to everybody i want to place on 45 and i'm only 37 right now so like how dare you go and say those things when you're drafting a new quarterback so I think that was the first thing but you know, to me like the deflate gate thing and the handling deflate gate, um, I think Brady really felt like he was put on an island um during that whole thing and that everybody was sort of fending for themselves. And I think Brady felt like and I, I agree with him on this, like he felt like I've I've earned enough equity here where you should have my back. I've 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 done enough for this franchise and for you personally, Bill, where you should be unequivocally going to bat for me. And, you know, he did do the press conference at the beginning. Bill did. But after that, I think that Brady's camp felt like Bill had sort of started to slowly distance himself from um, you know, from, from, uh, from the whole thing. And I think there was definitely some resentment from Brady's side on that. The second thing I would give you that I think is real is that the the, the, the fracture that sort of was created by the TB12 method and by, you know, Alex Guerrero's methods and everything else, I think that that was real to a degree, too. And I think that that sort of is a little bit – I think that's understandable on both sides because, I mean, Brady, Lavar, you guys know this. Um, there's no one more important to a to, to a head football coach than his strength coach, his training staff, all those people, right? Yeah. And, you know, I do think like a piece of what Tom was introducing to his teammates and saying there's a different way to do this, um, sort of conflicted with what Belichick's people were doing, what Belichick's training staff, what Belichick's strength staff was doing. And so, you yeah, know, I think in a very natural way that created an issue too. And I mean, look, like that's pretty explainable. Tom was doing a lot of things that worked for him, that wound up extending his career. And on the flip side, you know, Bill's looking at it and saying, "This is creating a problem inside my building because a lot of the stuff they're doing is contradicting what our strength staff is saying, is contradicting Mm -hmm. what our training staff is saying, and we can't have that here, you know, because that's going to create issues for us program-wise." And so. You know, I, I do think that the, the, the two things that if you want to look at things that kind of created the fractures there, I think Deflate Gate I, I think the stuff that happened during Deflate Gate was real. And then I think the stuff that happened with Guerrero, um, you know, sort of being pitted against the strength staff, the training staff of the Patriots, I think that was real as well.
3: I B, I I wanna shift gears on you because I'm I'm totally interested to hear your take on this. Uh Jonas, while he didn't do any, doing it on air we were we were talking during break and he made this this amazing assessment or at least maybe accidentally did thanks
2: man um <laughs> we we
3: continue to hear the reports coming out of Houston that they're looking to to deal deal Deshaun and they're loosening up and relaxing maybe what their ask for him would be and we were discussing the fact that is there a possibility that much of this drama could have been resolved had there not been these allegations that were coming because if you recall him saying he didn't want to play for for Houston came out weeks maybe maybe even a month or months yeah. before the allegations hit and a lot of people were blaming Houston for maybe trying to set him up so he would lose his trade value and then once we got a little deeper into it. We realized how real that was. Was that. I used subterfuge for, for Bill Belichick and things he said. Now I'm saying it. Was this subterfuge for, for Deshaun Watson to say I didn't want to play in Houston and I wanted to get out of here for, to try to get away from what was coming down the pipe? And, and do you expect to see him play this season?
5: Um, I have heard speculation that. Like maybe he wanted to get out of Houston because he knew some of the stuff was coming down the pike, um, you know. And so, like I, I've heard that speculation. I can't say that I've heard it from any of the principals involved. Um, you know, I I do think it, I I will say like one thing that kind of continues to come up, Levar, um, if you talk to enough people about this and why, like really, you know, I think it's viewed as being irreparable between the Texans and Watson himself is because. Deshaun's issue is with the owner, and you know that has sort of you know at at first it was one way, and now I think it's both ways. Now I think you know Deshaun doesn't want to go forward with the owner, the owner doesn't want to go forward with Deshaun, and so um, you know I think it's irreparable because of because that relationship's broken. Mm -hmm. Now, how much does the handling of you know the allegations you know before so much of that became public play into that? I'm not quite sure. Um, seems, I still, seems
3: feasible, though, doesn't it?
5: Yeah, it's feasible. I mean, like, look, like, I, I do know, like, the Texans had. Some of this in you know December and January, and I mean, like, look, like this stuff. Kind, of, I mean, it's not like these sorts of allegations don't happen. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And 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 I think it's fair to say, like, if you're a professional team, and you know you have somebody who's accused of one of two, one or two of these things,
3: but twenty plus, that's a, lot plus? Different.
5: That's, a <laughs> that's a lot different than twenty two. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So like, if it's like, if you're the Texans in January and there's one or two of these allegations, it's like, all right, well, I'm going to listen and trust to my player. When that becomes 22, like now we're talking about something else, right? So that's sort of where I think that, you know, like where it's hard to say how much of it, how much of that plays into the relationship being broken. As for whether or not he gets moved, um, I I sort of wonder if you're going to, you know, see this sort of thing kind of come out over the next few weeks ahead of the trade deadline. Just because maybe the Texans feel like, let's see if somebody will make a very real offer. If we actually say, okay, he's out there now and we're willing to listen. And I, they haven't hung up on teams, okay? Like they've listened and they listened at the start of training camp too. But, you know, I could see where the Texans maybe say to themselves now, let's just see if somebody's going to make a real offer, like the sort of offer we would have gotten for him in January and February. Because it's like I said to you guys from the start with this, like, I, You know, Nick Casario is not giving him away. And I, they're they're not walking away from him on for 50 cents on a dollar. Uh, but, you know, if somebody's willing to come up and step up and give them the kind of offer that they wanted, in, that they would have maybe listened to in January or February, I think they would move him for that. So, Will he play? Whether that's Miami. Will he play this year? I don't <sighs> –
3: just say no. Like, I, say no.
5: I still don't, I still don't think so. Yeah. But like, if Miami or Carolina, you know, I, I, you look at Miami, Carolina, Denver, and Philly, I think those are the four teams that have sort of been involved over the course of the last three, four months. Like, If one of those teams steps up and make an offer, what if somebody comes out of left field? Like, Let's say, like, I think part of the problem is, part, and part of the issue with some of the offers the Texans would get from those teams, like, I don't think the Texans would take back Tua. I don't think the Texans would take back Jalen Hurts. What if it's Baker Mayfield? Like, think about something like that, right? Like, what if it's – and I don't know. I mean, like, there's ways to think of this creatively where, you know, maybe a team steps up where Nick Casario actually likes the quarterback who would be coming back. You know, now maybe we're talking about something else. And so I think part of the reason why you're hearing some of this stuff coming out now is because, I, like, I, I think to some degree the Texans would at least like to – maybe have some teams put their cards on the table between now and November 2nd. And at the very least, then, they've got a full view of the landscape, and they can make an intelligent decision on whether or not it makes sense to move on between now and then, or wait until we get after the season. Because remember, I've said this to you guys a few times now, I know, um, whatever draft picks they're getting back, they can't use them until April anyway. Mm.
2: He is uh, Albert Breer, senior NFL reporter for the MMQB. Always good stuff. Get him on Twitter, at Albert Breer. Albert, we appreciate it, man. Let's do it again next week.
3: Thanks, Albert. All right, thanks, guys. Enjoy that weather, Al. Yeah. I will, I will. It's, like I said,
5: maybe my, it's up to 57 now. Here, Bundle I up. Think. I'm really enjoying it. Bundle up, A.B. <laughs>
2: Bundle up. Is, uh, the great Albert Breer.
0: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com.
1: If you dare.
0: Zumo Play.